0: Welcome to the law with DK Williams, giving the courts credit when they get it right, calling them out when they get it wrong. Welcome back to The Law, I'm DK Williams and this is episode 67 and we're going to discuss the death penalty. Now, I'm out of town this week and I don't have access to my regular recording equipment so I'm sure the quality of this recording is not as good as normal I apologize for that so this will be shorter than normal and I'm going to use an excerpt from something I podcasted a while ago when I covered this topic at a different time when it was in the news. So, I figured this was a good time to hit quickly on some important points about the death penalty and move on. Next week, I'll be back on our regular topics. We'll be going over the famous Supreme Court case from 1905, Lochner versus New York. In that case, the Supreme Court discusses the right to contract and to what extent states can restrict that right in the name of public health and safety. Now, Lochner said states, could not limit the number of hours that bakers could work in a week because the bakers themselves and their employers had the right to determine that between themselves. Now, Lochner has been effectively overruled no longer good law, and we'll discuss the different legal theories about how the Supreme Court went from Lochner to where it is today and why. So that's next week. This week, however, I'm going to replay a piece I did back well before this podcast started, back around late of 2015. I did a short video blog on YouTube. I did a series of these things. Uh, They're still up on the Blue Carp channel, so check them out this particular one i did was about the death penalty it was topical at the time because the aurora theater shooter had just been convicted of mass murder and did not get the death penalty now it is back in the news currently because the colorado general assembly is considering a bill to end the death penalty in Colorado. As always, The Law with DK Williams is brought to you in collaboration with Speakeasy Ideas, and you can subscribe to The Law and other Speakeasy Ideas podcasts through your favorite podcast provider and at speakeasyideas.com. Follow this podcast on social media, Twitter at TheLawDKW, and on Facebook.com slash TheLawWithDKWilliams. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm available for speaking engagements, consulting, and teaching. Contact Bethany at SpeakeasyIdeas.com for details on that. So back in August, uh, August 12th of 2015, I did this video blog. We're going to give you the audio of it. Now, it is more about the practical concerns surrounding the death penalty because it is constitutional so those arguments don't compel me much now the death penalty existed when the constitution was adopted again those arguments about it being unconstitutional i do not find compelling but just because something is constitutional does not mean it is a good idea you guys know that's a recurring theme on these podcasts for example a 98 percent income tax rate is constitutional imminent domain where the government can just take your property without your consent. They got to pay you for it, but they still take it from you without your consent. Also, constitutional. Neither is a good idea. Just because they're constitutional doesn't mean it's a good idea. And I think that applies to the death penalty as well. So, and by way of quick background, so you guys know where I'm coming from, I represented a few people on death row back in North Carolina in the late '90s, and uh, assisted on some appeals, and even got to argue one of them before the North Carolina Supreme Court and won. Now, we discussed the constitutionality, the legality of the death penalty in a previous episode of The Law. That was episode 16 when we went over the Supreme Court decision in Furman versus Georgia, which temporarily ended the death penalty in the U.S. for a few years in the 70s. So check that one out for a discussion of the legality and the constitutionality of the Death penalty in the United States. And one of the catchphrases I was using for these video blogs back in 2015, which you'll hear, is very applicable to this particular podcast that we're doing today, and that is zero pretense with at least as much production value. Never applied as much as it does right now. So if you remember the Aurora Theater Shooter did not get the death penalty and neither did the other person I mentioned in this 2015 podcast. At the time of the recording, this other guy's sentencing was going on in Denver and he had been convicted of five murders in one event. By stabbing, it was just horrible. And the jury in that case did not impose the death penalty either. So I make a reference to that one, but at the time of the original podcast, his sentence had not yet been decided. So that's an update on what happened to him. And I also make a reference to the Ninth Circuit Court Judge Alex Kaczynski, an article he wrote about exonerations in criminal cases. Now, that article is about all criminal exonerations, not just exonerations from death row. And in 2015, I made reference to the fact that there had been 155 exonerations from death row since 1973 so keep these different numbers in in mind exonerations from death row 155 at the time and general exonerations in all criminal cases now that current number of death row exonerations is now 167 so 167 people convicted to die have been exonerated of all charges and set free they didn't do it and every one of them had been convicted beyond a reasonable doubt to die and you could either choose to be concerned about that or not. My conclusion is that even if one has no problem with the idea of execution, nevertheless the government is an inefficient and incompetent and in many cases even malevolent actor when it comes to carrying out that process. I find it another failed big government program that exacerbates the very problem it is attempting to address like most of the rest of government. And now here is what I had to say back in August of 2015.
1: The Daily Dave on the Blue Carb Channel. I did this back a few years ago and I'm doing it again now despite the complete and utter lack of any demand for my return. And as always, there will be zero pretense and at least as much production value. Today is August 12, 2015. Death penalty's been in the news with the Arapahoe County jury not giving James Holmes, a guy who shot at the movie theater, not giving him the death penalty. Instead, he's gonna be in prison for the rest of his life. He'll never see daylight again. There's also another death penalty case going on in Denver. This involves uh, the defendant's name is Dexter Lewis. He's been found guilty by the jury, but they're in the middle of the penalty phase now. So they're doing exactly what just happened over in Arapahoe County with James Holmes. In the Dexter Lewis case, Dexter was convicted of stabbing to death five people, completely horrible. Uh, the, it was described as a botched robbery at Pharaoh's Bar in Denver. And three others were with Lewis. I find this part interesting. Two of them pled guilty to murder because if you're involved in a criminal act, a felony act, and someone dies, in this case, five people get murdered, you're also guilty of murder. Well, What happened to the fourth guy? I find this very interesting. The fourth guy was an informant for an ATF. So he's got government protection and is therefore uh, not charged and is walking free. So just keep that in mind. Now, I understand definitely a loaded topic. Lots of emotion behind it. People have very strongly held uh, views, and that's a good thing. I've got no desire to change anybody's mind. I really wish to present my views, my libertarian views, for your consideration, and perhaps you can understand where I'm coming from and other people like me. As a libertarian, I believe in limited government and I don't make exceptions for law enforcement. I believe in limited government we want the least amount of government possible and therefore I do not believe in the death penalty. Ever. With no exceptions under any circumstances. Now, I've got no problem with self-defense. Make that very clear. But that's a different topic. And i got no problem with the idea that there are people who deserve to die. I just don't trust the government to decide who that should be, and I submit, neither should you. Now, if you believe in limited government, a lot of people don't, a lot of people love the government, but if you, and a lot of people believe in it, and they pretend to believe in it, but if you do believe in it, if you call yourself a libertarian at all, it is simply inconsistent to want to give the government the power to decide whom to kill. There is no power greater than you can, you can give the government, none. So if you don't believe the government can run health care effectively, I don't, and they can't. If you don't believe the government can even pick up your garbage efficiently, they don't, or, and they can't. Then it makes no sense to think that the state can decide whom to kill effectively. There's lots of numbers on that. But let's just talk about philosophy for right now. The government is inefficient and corrupt. There is no exception for law enforcement. But Dave... I hear you say, the jury decides if someone should get the death penalty, not the government. That's true. The jury does decide. After the government filters the information, the jury gets to hear through about eight levels. First of all, the police investigate a crime scene, state agents. Detectives develop a theory of the case, also state agents. And confirmation bias is a real thing, by the way. Not just law enforcement, everywhere. Then an elected district attorney has the complete and utter authority, sole discretion, to decide if the death penalty will even be sought or not. And that's one of the big things why you see such a great discrepancy from county to county throughout the entire country. Some DA's big on the death penalty, some aren't. And that's just part of the unfairness of, of the system. But I'm not even talking about unfairness. I'm talking about bad policy and, uh, and a belief in limited government. Now. There's another state agent involved after the first state agents have dealt with it and decided on sole whim or not whether or not the, uh, the death penalty is going to be sought. And remember, the DA is a politician. He's elected to do that job. And almost always, politicians are looking to become a governor or something else. They're term limited out. They want to do something else. So keep that in mind as well. A politician, by, def- by definition, usually wants to do something else higher up the food chain. So that takes a part in the decision to whether or not the death penalty will be sought. And for my Ayn Rand friends out there, I submit that you would not want a Wesley Mooch to have that much power, but he does. So after the state investigates the scene of the case, they develop a theory of the case, they decide if the death penalty will be sought or not, then at trial another state agent, the judge, decides what evidence the jury can even hear. The jury does not hear all of the evidence. The state, the DA, and the judge will keep out evidence. The jury does not get to hear all of it. Now, they should, and I fully believe in a fully informed jury, but that's for another day. The judge, the state agent, also decides what arguments can be made by the defense. That gets into, among other things, jury notification, which will also be another day. So the jury is comprised, or, and one more thing, the jury is comprised of people who have already said they believe in the death penalty. If you have said you've got a philosophical or religious or moral or whatever problem with the death penalty, you are automatically taken off the jury. You cannot be on it. So yes, after all these levels, and after the state has packed the, the jury with people only with people that believe in the death penalty, yes, then the jury gets to decide whether or not there will be a uh, death penalty or not. So. Keep that in mind. A different consideration, other than the authority to decide whom to kill, is the economics of the death penalty. It costs more to execute someone than it does to keep them in jail for a lifetime. Again, I hear you. But Dave, that's only because of all the appeals and the safeguards at trial. If we just took the SOB out in the courtyard put a bullet in his head, that wouldn't cost much at all, now would it? No, it wouldn't. All I can say to that is since 1973 when the US Supreme Court reinstituted the death penalty or shortly thereafter, since then, 155 people on death row have been found not guilty, exonerated. Would it have been better to put a bullet in their heads? No, and this goes back to the belief in limited government. If you believe in limited government, you cannot make an exception for law enforcement and still be consistent. That 155 people on death row that have been exonerated and released are just the ones we know about. They were not guilty. Does anyone think there weren't more? A lot more? If you don't believe that, you've got a lot more faith in the state than I do, and I question your belief in limited government. But Dave, again, I hear you say, with DNA now, there will not be nearly as many innocent people given death penalty. Well, you may want to believe that, but it's not true. Alex Kaczynski was a federal appellate court judge appointed by Ronald Reagan conservative bona fides are not in question, wrote just in July of this year in the Georgetown Law Journal. I'm going to quote him and make some asides. This is Alex Kaczynski. The National Registry of Exonerations, who knew there was such a thing, has recorded 1,576 exonerations in the United States since 1989. So it's a different benchmark than the death penalty exonerations. Of these exonerated individuals, 112 of them were sentenced to death. Again, this is a different timeline, 112 sentenced to death, exonerated since 89. 265 of the people in the entire exonerations of over 1500 spent more than 20 years behind bars. The average time spent in prison was nine years, 40% in prison for more than 10, 80% convicted by juries, 7% by judges, and 12% pled guilty, even though they didn't do it. 25% were exonerated, at least in part, by DNA evidence. 25%, only 25% was DNA involved in their exonerations. And this is since 1989. This is not um, from 100 years ago. Now, listen to the other factors that were involved in these exonerations. 25% DNA, and there could be more than one factor involved, so the number's going to add up to more than 100%. Mistaken witness identification, 34%. That's still a problem. Perjury or false accusation. 55% of the exonerations involve perjury. False confession, 13%. Detective, are going defective or misleading forensic evidence. There's a whole problem with the FBI and their ballistic stuff. 22% defective misleading forensics. And get this, official misconduct, 46%. That's your state agents. That's the state agents you believe in, that you trust to carry this out in an effective and a fair and efficient way. Just in 2014, the last complete calendar year, there were a record high 125 exonerations, up from 91 from the year before. And as Kaczynski says, the Reagan appointee, conservative judge, there's no reason to believe this trend will not continue. So, These are some of my reasons for opposing the death penalty, and as a libertarian, I don't trust the government, and I don't make an exception for law enforcement. Too many mistakes that simply cannot be undone, and they're not always mistakes. There's also bad actors that misrepresent their power and abuse their power. These mistakes can't be undone. You can let someone out of jail, as bad as that might be, but it doesn't do any good to dig somebody out of the ground. I'm DK Williams. Thanks for your consideration. This has been the Daily Dave on the Blue Carp channel. Follow me on Facebook.com slash Blue Carp. On Twitter at Blue Carp and obviously here on YouTube on the Blue Carp channel. Help spread the word. And remember, my friends, freedom is dangerous. Live dangerously.
0: All right, that was me almost five years ago on the death penalty. And I meant it when I said I was not trying to change anyone's mind. I'm merely trying to explain my position and maybe bring up some points for your consideration, and I hope you found them worthy of that consideration. I'm DK Williams, and this has been The Law, episode 67 on the death penalty. we brought to you in collaboration with Speakeasy Ideas. Let me know what you think on Twitter, at The Law DKW, and on Facebook.com, The Law with DK Williams. I'm available for speaking, consulting, teaching. Contact Bethany at SpeakeasyIdeas.com for details. Next week, we'll be back discussing Lochner versus New York, and until then, Freedom is dangerous my friends, live dangerously.